السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته حياكم الله الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على الأشرف الأنبياء ومرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وسهبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد فحياكم الله وبارك فيكم الحمد لله in our previous lesson we began to go through some of the brief explanation of the first hadith from the collection of hadith the 40 hadith by Hafid al-Nawi which is the hadith narrated by the Amir al-Mu'mineen Abi Hafs Umar ibn Khattab in which he mentioned Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yukul innama amal binniyat wa innama likulli im'in ma nawa faman kanat hijratuhu ilallahi wa rasulih fahijratuhu ilallahi wa rasulih faman kanat hijratuhu lidunya yusibuha wa imra'atin yankihuha fahijratuhu ila ma hajra ilayya Alhamdulillah, we mentioned previously, and we'll just make a quick muraja and just recap over some of the points that were mentioned in relation to this hadith. And we discussed first and foremost the affair of the hadith itself, and no doubt that this hadith is a hadith of Sahih that is recorded by Bukhari and Muslim. And that this is a hadith that, due to the fact that it's sahih, no doubt, that it's one which is acted upon. <clears throat> and that the menzil of this hadith, or the status of this hadith within deen, is that it's a narration which is from the basis of our religion. Either a fair vanir. Our intention is one which is attached and ascribed to our ikhlas, yani our tawheed. And actions are therefore dependent upon being actions which are sincere actions. And no doubt sincerity is dependent upon the affair of tawheed. A person cannot be upon ikhlas except that he is upon tawheed al-uluhiyah. Tawheed of the worship of Allah and the tawheed of Allah generally speaking anyway. And so no doubt this hadith outlining the importance of uh, intention or a correct intention, an upright intention is also a narration which is outlining the importance of the affair of Tawheed and Deen and affair of the Tawheed and our actions. Likewise, within uh, our previous lesson, we discussed that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he mentions within this narration, And what some of Ahlul Ilm understand by way of that, 
is that this word in al-a'mal after the word innama that there is a mudaf there's a word which is ascribed to that which has been omitted there's a word which is ascribed to that which has been omitted Aye, there's a word within within this sentence which carries a specific meaning but it's not it's not mentioned within the hadith and the scholars mention upon that which is the most correct of the opinions is that the sihat al-a'mal Indeed, the correctness or the acceptance of actions are by their intentions. And so no doubt, we understand that to be the case. That if a person does a particular action, whether it's accepted and regarded as being an action which is upright, is dependent upon the niyyah. Is dependent upon the intention of the abd. And so this is from the affairs that we were discussing also within this narration. Likewise, we also discussed the affair of the, the hijrah. And this is what we wish to, bi'idni ta'ala, continue on from today, which was the hijrah Whoever's hijrah is for Allah and his messenger, then his hijrah is for Allah and his messenger. And whoever's hijrah is for the dunya, to attain something from it. Or for a woman, to marry her, then his hijrah is for whatever he's made hijrah to. What you find from the explanation of Ahlul Ilm, when the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam describes this affair of the hijrah. He repeats the affair of hijrah ilallahi wa rasuli. Yani hijrah for the sake of Allah and in accordance with the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I.e. the person is making hijrah for the sake of his Islam. This is why the person is making hijrah. Ahlul they mention in relation to this statement of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the individual that makes a hijrah for this affair is doing so upon an affair of sharf an affair that carries honor hence why the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he mentions the hijratuhu for hijratuhu in Allah Rasul he mentions this twice whoever's hijrah is for Allah and his messenger. So thus his hijrah is for Allah and his messenger. He mentions this twice, sallallahu alayhi wa Indicating the sharf of this affair, or the honor and the status of this affair. I am making hijrah for this, for this reason. And thus after that, he mentions, وَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَةُ لِلْدُّنْيَا يُسِيبُهَا وَالْمَعَةٍ يَنْكِحُهَا and whoever's hijrah is for the dunya to attain something from it or for a woman to marry her right, that's, his, that's his reason for hijrah his hijrah is for whatever he's made hijrah for this word in here from the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is mentioned by Ahlul Ilm that his statement ah, his hijrah is for whatever he made hijrah to I didn't repeat this affair. 
They didn't repeat and they didn't say that his hijrah is for the dunya or for the woman. He mentions that his hijrah is for whatever he made hijrah for. And it's word ma, I whatever. And it's something which is mentioned, tahkiran, yani, to belittle the affair. And the reason, the sabab, that this person has made hijrah. And no doubt this is something that we have in English, the English language as well. That if a person was to state, do whatever you want, I they say the word whatever. It's understood by that or by the, 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 the word, the specific wording or the way that this is stated, that a person saying do whatever, and this is a lowly affair. Or it's not an affair that carries honour or status. And likewise, this is what is understood by this affair of the hijra, namely dunya, or the hijra, the imra'ah, yankihuha, that this affair of this hijra is in, in opposition, is in opposition to that which is of benefit, and that which is good for the servant, ni'ad, and ibadillah. And then we have the statement of Ibn al-Dukhiq al-Eid, rahimahullah, where he mentions, فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِ نِيَّةً وَقَصْتًا فَهِجْرَتُهُ فَهِجْرَتُهُ حُكْمٌ وَشَرْعًا فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِ حُكْمٌ وَشَرْعًا So he mentions, Ibn al-Dakhiq al-Eid, he mentions, whoever's hijrah is for Allah and his messenger, يعني نِيَّةً وَقَصْتًا يعني with his intent, I made a decision, he has that intent to make the hijrah for Allah and the hijrah in relation to that which is in the course of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, then his hijrah is for Allah and his Messenger hukman wa shar'an his hijrah is for Allah and his Messenger in relation to the hukum in relation to the the uh, the ruling that is that is in relation to this hijrah, as well as the shara, as well as the affair of the sharia. And this hijrah is for Allah and his messenger, his ruling, for Allah and his messenger in relation to the sharia as well. And the next point that we should discuss in relation to this, narr- this narration, which is, I believe is the fifth point, is the affair of the hijrah. A hijrah differs depending upon the maqasid. Either hijrah is dependent upon the intents. So if a person's hijrah is for the dunya and they seek to attain a portion of that dunya, so then he will attain whatever he intends from that from the affair of dunya. Yani. He will attain from it whatever he wanted and intended from this affair of the dunya. Because that is the, that is what he wanted from it. That is what he desired from it. And likewise, as we mentioned previously, that the hijrah which is for Allah and his messenger, the hijrah which is in accordance with the sharia, then this is the hijrah for Allah and his messenger, and it's ruling as well.
and in relation to the Sharia. So the two affairs go hand in hand. The two affairs go hand in hand. The hijrah for Allah and His Messenger, as well as the hijrah for the dunya. Either the one that makes the hijrah for the dunya, then they will attain that. Whatever they wanted from it. The sixth point is in relation to this affair of the niyyah. The sixth point relates to the niyyah itself. And the Ahlul Ilm, Rahimahumullah, that the scholars, the people of knowledge, they discuss this affair of niyyah from two main points. I two main points of the importance of the, of the niyyah, of the intention, when it comes to the sharia, when it comes to the legislation, when it comes to the deen. And the first of them is that the niyyah is the tamiz, is the tamiz of the ibadat min al-adat. So, the first is that the niyyah, the intention, is needed and is vital in order to distinguish between the ibadat and the adat. And the niyyah is needed to distinguish between the ibadat and the actions of worship and the adat. So it distinguishes between the actions of worship, the ibadat, as well as the customs. So for example, if a person washes themselves, and they have a bath, they bathe themselves, a person can bathe himself just for the purpose of cleaning himself. Now, a person can bathe himself for the purpose of just merely cleaning himself, like coming from Allah. Now, and removing whatever dirt that they have upon their body. And this is just su'adah. Or a person could bathe themselves with the intention of the ghusl, yani ikhtisal, purpose person performing ghusl, to purify themselves for ibadah. Again, this is all dependent upon the niyyah, dependent upon the intention of the servant. So the servant could have the intention of performing a particular action. And he does say he has that intention to qarban in Allah. He has the intention seeking nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If this is the case, then this intention, likewise, will be <coughs> distinguished from just a person merely washing themselves. Likewise as well, before we move, uh, we move on, just something we just to recap as well from the last week or the our previous lesson as well. That when we discuss this affair of the intention, so for example, the same intention we gave now, the example we gave now rather, of the person having the intention to wash themselves. And they have the t- intention of the karub in Allah. The mahal niyyah is min al-qalb. Yani the place of a person's intention is from their heart. The place of a person's intention is from the heart. And not from anywhere other than that. Another example where a person has the intention 
and it distinguishes from the adat and the action that they're doing is person eating, for example. They eat, but they have the intention to eat, seeking in to Allah. Or they want to eat, so they want to so they strengthen themselves for ibadah. Or they want to they want to eat within the gathering. Strength will then have or it will, it will seek by way of that nearness to Allah and inshallah ta'ala due to that attain ajr, attain the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the first affair, the first point where the niyyah is discussed in relation to the sharia and, and the purpose of the niyyah in relation to the sharia. The second, so the first was that it's a tamyiz. It distinguishes in the actions of worship from customary actions or habitual actions, actions which are just merely done by an individual. The second is tamyiz al-ibadat ba'daha an ba'd. And so, the second is to distinguish actions one from the other. Actions of ibadah, actions of worship, one from the other. That person has to have the intention of doing a particular act rather than another. An example of that, a prime example of that, would be the example of the salawat. The example of the salawat, the prayers. That the servant of Allah ta'ala when praying, he has the intention of praying, for example, dhuhr. That intention is needed so that it is distinguished that he's praying dhuhr rather than asr, for example. Or he has the intention of praying maghrib. So that niyyah is needed so that he's distinguishing between praying maghrib rather than asha. So this is where the, the niyyah is important and needed in relation to the deen of Allah Ta'ala. First and foremost, to distinguish between ibadah and habitual acts. Secondly, to distinguish between a different acts of ibadah within themselves as well. The seventh point that I wish to discuss as well is that when a person does an act or the actions can be of two can be understood by way by two ways. The first of them is actually doing performing the action. Whilst the second can be removal of something or leaving something off. So for example now, the example of doing an action would be to pray, a person praying. They have to actually go out and pray. Whilst an example of removal of something is where a person seeks to wash their clothing or remove any impurity from their clothing. And so the question then is asked, the question then is asked, if, a, if an individual washes their clothing, or rather the question that is asked is, is it understood that the niya, the intention is needed for an individual to perform this action? As well as, is, it, as, is the intention also needed to remove something? Is the intention needed for both? 
is the intention is the intention needed to perform an action as well as is the intention needed to remove something and Sheikh and Sheikh Abdullah al-Bukhari Hafidahullah he mentions that when it comes to the affair of a person performing an action then it's a must that the person has the niyyah he has the intention he has the niyyah of performing that righteous action he has the niyyah of taqarrub ila Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this is the case with this individual he has the intention to perform the action and he has the intention to draw nearer to Allah by way of that action as for the situation where a person is removing something then it's not a must that a person has the intention so for example the same example given a person removes the impurity from their clothing if he has the intention, then alhamdulillah, inshallah, yu'jar. Inshallah, if he has the intention, he's rewarded by way of that. However, if the individual does not have the intention, this does not now mean that, for example, his clothing still remains impure. Why? Because the impurity is removed. The impurity is removed in this, in this case. So uh, likewise, another example that uh, the Sheikh gives is the example of the Dain. Uh, praying of debts. A removal of debts. A person can remove a debt and he wants to pay off that debt because he no longer, of, of course, no longer wants to be in debt to another individual. So he no longer wants to have to have be within the dhimma or have this affair of the debt hanging over him. So he pays off the debt. But he doesn't have the, any intention other than just paying off the debt. It's now not said that this individual, for example, hasn't paid the debt because he didn't have the intention of doing it to qarabat illallah. For example. Now the person removed the debt, then he removed the debt. He's paid it. However, if the person has paid this debt, and he does so with the intention of being able to remove the debt for the sake of Allah. Remove the debt so that he, when he meets Allah, he does not have any, any debts hanging over him. Remove the debt so once he, once he passes away, he does not bring any burden upon his family. And he wants ease for his family. For the sake of Allah. Then, due to that intention, he could be rewarded. But... As is understood, as long as that action is done, I this action of removal, in this case removal of the debt, as long as that action is done, then it can be said that the debt has been paid. And it's not a must that a particular intention has to be there to pay this debt, for example. The intention of the of uh, relation to the Sharia has to be there to pay the debt. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. The eighth point, is the final point in relation to this hadith, is the point in, that relates to the fawaid, you know, some of the benefits that we can take from this hadith, and some of them we've mentioned already, and some of the specific benefits that can be taken from this hadith.
And the first of them is that Aniyah min al-Iman min amal al-Qalb. The first benefit is that the Niyah, the intention, is from Iman and from the actions of the heart. So we understand this, that the Niyah is from Iman and from the actions of an individual's heart. So, before we understand, or we understand that Aslan, as Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, we affirm that Iman is tasdiq al-Qalb that the Iman is tasdiq al-Qalb. Iman is belief within the heart. Naam. Qalb bil-Lisan, speech upon the tongue. And actions upon the limbs. So when a person has when a person has a particular niya, this is an action of their heart, and thus it is from their iman. It's an action of a person's heart, and thus it's from their iman. As we mentioned previously, that iman, or rather the niya, emanates from the heart. The mahalla niya is the kalb, and the mahalla niya is not the lisan; it's not the tongue. As some individuals believe erroneously. And some individuals engage in the bid'ah, in the innovation of stating their niyyah upon the tongue. Stating the intention upon the tongue. And as Sheikh Fawzan, Hafidahullah, he mentions in relation to this, the affair of the niyyah being upon the heart. And he mentions that one could ask then, if it's not from the tongue, one could ask, why is it that the Hajj or the Mu'tamir, either one that is the pilgrimage performing Hajj or the Mu'tamir, the pilgrimage that's performing Umrah, when they intend or when they begin with their Umrah or they begin with their Hajj, they state, Labaik Allah Hajj or Labaik Allah Umrah, yani. This wording, I am here for you, O oh Allah, for Hajj, or here for you, O oh Allah, for Umrah. The specific wording. And a person may ask, how does this differ from the individual that states that he before he begins the Salah, he says, I, I, I pray this Salah for the sake of Allah, these amount of raka'at, for the sake of for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this salah, the name of salah, for example, Salat al-Asr. I pray Salat al-Asr for raka'ah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And they'll state this, they'll state this upon their tongue before they begin the salah. And so the question that the Shaykh poses, I because it's the question that people pose, rather. So the Shaykh is posing it to answer it. Is how do you distinguish between the two? The first Affair, no doubt, is that one of them is uh, that has no basis in the religion whatsoever. I uh, will not find a narration where the Prophet ﷺ would do this action, where in relation to the salah, where he, he would st- he would state his intention before the salah. There's nothing that is that you find before that, or there's no there's no place where it mentions the Prophet ﷺ will state his niyyah. The second affair is that the Sheikh uh, he mentions. That this this statement where the person makes the statement before 
Now, the person makes the statement before they embark upon the Hajj Umrah, before they enter the whilst in the state of Ihram, in the entering the state of Ihram, that this is not merely stating the niyyah, rather this is performing a right from the rights of Hajj. Yeah, from the rituals of Hajj, from specific rituals of Hajj, which are found within the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When the Nabi Alayhi mentions, yeah, they take from these monastic, uh, these rituals, specific rites of Hajj, and from them is when he, when he rates, when he narrates that he state the statement is made before performing the Hajj, and so. <coughs> this is an action which is specific to the rituals of the Hajj. Likewise, we understand as well that this is an affair which is specifically from the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and there's no source that, that that precede this. From them, the well-known Hadith narrated by Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhuma, I had a long Hadith where he narrates. Anhu, the Hajj of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And all of his actions that he, that he performs Within his Hajj And all of the speech the, 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 the statements that are made And the afqar that are made Within this Hajj Sallallahu And so We understand due to that That this is not merely just stating your intention Rather the person is performing a right From the rights of Hajj The second benefit that we can understand or we can take from this uh, narration as well is that ibad ibadat la bud fiha min the actions of ibadah it is a must that they have the intention that there has to be an intention naam that a person has the intention to perform this as ibadah and likewise no doubt that it's a must that this intention is Lillah that this intention is Lillah that a person is mukhlis he's sincere and he's performing this action for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and so this is what we understand that the ibadat is a must that there's, the person has the intention with this and that the person has the correct intent when performing this action and has and does so for the sake of Allah the next benefit, which is the third, is wujub tamyiz ibadat dam ba'duhan ba'd. This is something we mentioned previously. I had the obligation of distinguishing some of the actions from the other. So the obligation of distinguishing one act from another. So this is from the benefits that we take from this narration. Right, from what we mentioned previously. Likewise, the fourth or the fifth in the Afwan, the fourth benefit again is from something we mentioned previously which is the wujub tamiz bayn al-ibadat wa adat the obligation of distinguishing the ibadat, the actions of worship, from the adat, any the customary acts, any actions which are just merely customary, or actions which are habitual. Person does so 
as a habit. And it's not that the person is doing so to qarban ilallah. And finally, the final benefit I wish to mention here, in relation to this narration, is that with this, you have the affair of the importance of giving precedence to the affair of taqarrub Allah, you know, giving precedence to seeking nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when performing actions. And what we understand by that is, for example, an individual may perform an act, an action. Now they may perform an action. And they could perform this action and, this, and this, they can just merely do so for whatever they wish to do. Naam, I they wish to eat or they wish to not uh, or not eat even. So a person wishes to withhold from eating. But they wish to withhold from eating for maybe reasons related to health or they're on a diet or anything other than that. But what is better is that they withhold and they give precedence to seeking ninis to Allah with this action. So they withhold from eating and drinking, مثلاً, and then they do so with the intention of fasting. So a person can perform an action. They can perform an action which is an action of, or a habitual action, an action which is of habit for them, or an action which is merely an act that a person does, mankind we do. Or we don't do. However, if there's an opportunity for a person to use this act to draw nearer to Allah, then they should do so. And this is what we understand by way of this this fight this fight here. That a person should give precedence to seeking nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by way of that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. And that alhamdulillah concludes the uh some of just some of the benefits that we can take from this narration as well as Concluding the, the narration itself. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Fajazakumullahu khaira wa barakallahu fikum wa sallallahu wa barak ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallama taslima kathira barakallahu fikum. And bi idnilahi ta'ala, in our next lesson we will begin with the second hadith from the 40 hadith which is the hadith uh, known as hadith of Jibreel and ta'ala, I will be uh, with yourselves next week in Manchester so it will be opportunity for any of the ikhwa that wish to begin with the hifth any of the ikhwa that wish to begin with the memorization and going through the memorization at some point we will uh, we can sit down maybe before the lesson or possibly the day before and um, anyone that wishes to read the first hadith and the second hadith if they wish to as well then we can do so as well and also um, in our first lesson which was now around about three weeks ago in our first lesson we where um, I mentioned some um, homework as well, which I wanted the brothers to complete, which was um, that they <coughs> that they mentioned they come with the full name of Sahil Bukhari. I what was the title that Imam Bukhari mentions for the Hadith, as well as 
um, remembering the conditions for the hadith as sahih as well. What makes a hadith sahih? Naam. Wallahu ta'ala a'alam. Wa barakallahu fikum. Wa sallallahu wa barak ala nabina Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.